Faith Fit Radio and the Diocese of Orlando presents Burning Hearts with Father Patrick O'Dottery, a program that is seeking to lead young adults to Christ and to enkindle a deeper faith that is fully alive. Now, here is your host. Welcome to Burning Hearts, a Bible study for atheists, agnostics, people of all faiths and people of no faith. Now, for the past three weeks or so, we've been looking at the fact that the devil believes in God, and we've been looking at images of God, and also about what God had to say about himself. Now, we're going to take a demonic twist today and speak about the devil. There is a morbid fascination today with Satan and with the occult. Demonology confronts us from the bookshelves, late-night movies, and video nasties. A few years ago, there was a great movie, well, great to an extent, called The Exorcist. It was one of the most popular movies ever made. And then there was that rock group, the Rolling Stones. They topped the charts with their record, Sympathy for the Devil. Strange, isn't it? That although Satan was himself a fallen angel, and angels are mentioned in the Bible more often than demons, there are many many today, preachers included, who doubt their existence. In one of the epistles of St. Peter, who was the uh, chief of the Twelve Apostles and the first pope, uh, he says in his letter to the church, Brothers, be sober, be watchful, for your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he would devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And despite this, the inspired scripture uh, teaching people about the existence of devils, preachers, priests of all people, uh, are today, uh, some of them, denying the existence of the devil. Perhaps that's the greatest triumph of the devil in our time, is to convince people he doesn't exist. Supposing, for the sake of interest, that you had a very serious malignant disease, but one that could be taken care of uh, if you knew about it. And then um, you just walked around with your head in, in the sand and you just didn't believe that you had this terrible disease despite the x-rays and everything else, and then eventually the disease catches up with you and kills you. Well, it's strange, but that's what they seem to be doing denying the existence of uh, Satan. And if you deny the existence of Satan and he's really there, then he's free to work on you and do with you uh, what he pleases until you become his. Let me show you uh, a little story of how I noticed Satan, the Prince of Darkness, the accuser at work in my life. The pastor of of uh, Blessed Trinity Church in 17th Street on, in Ocala is Father Patrick Joseph Sheedy. He's, uh, that's the Catholic Church in town. And I, as you know, am the pastor of Queen of Peace Church um, on State Road 200. And so we are confrayers. One day the devil was crossing through the town of Ocala and he came across a, a group of small devils 
who were tempting the pastor of Queen of Peace Church, namely myself. And they tried everything. They tried me with the seductions of the flesh, all to no avail. Then they began to sow doubts and fear in my mind. But by the grace of God, I was able to stand firm. As a last resort, they surrounded me with creature comforts and told me that the little austerities that I was practicing, the little acts of self-denial, were only a waste of time. But I wouldn't move. I've been down this road before, and I could recognize what the devils were trying to do. And after all, I know from experience that the devils are liars. However, the daddy devil, the big guy, Satan, he arrived in the scene and drew all his assistants aside, and he whispered something to them. He told them their methods would never succeed. And then, then, just watch me, he said. And he came up to me and he said, have you heard the news? Your associate, Father Pat Sheedy, the pastor of Blessed Trinity Church on 17th Street, has been made the next bishop of the Diocese of Orlando. Well, I want to tell you that a malignant scowl came over my face, and jealousy uh, clouded my normally serene face. Do you see how he works then? At least that's how he works with me. Sometimes he works also through anger. You know, if somebody does something to me and I might get titanically angry. There is a book called The Devil Takes a Holiday, written some years ago, and the author, author contends that Satan can now afford to take a holiday because his henchmen, the world and the flesh, have effectively taken over for him. It is even suggested that he has found himself a new ally in the modern-day preacher, who, if not denying his existence, seldom or ever speaks about him. So lest I be accused of being an ally of the devil by not warning people about him, let me bring you now to the book of Job, and again that's in the Hebrew scriptures. And I'm going to read you a little bit of this story. There was once a man in the land of Uz called Job, and he was a sound and honest man who feared God and shunned evil. Seven sons and three daughters were born to him, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 she-donkeys, and many servants besides. This man was indeed a man of mark among all the people of the East. Now, it was the custom of his sons to hold banquets in each other's houses, one after the other, and to send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. Once each series of banquets was over, Job would send for them to come and be purified, and at dawn on the following day he would offer sacrifices for each of them, 
Perhaps Job would say, my sons have sinned and in their hearts offended God. So after each series of parties and banquets, Holy Job would offer sacrifices for his children in case they had offended the Lord God of hosts. Now, let me introduce to you Satan. One day the sons of God came into the presence of God, and among the sons of God was Satan. Now the word Satan means a prosecuting attorney. It's a Greek word, somebody who accuses you. So the Lord God said to Satan, Where have you been? Roaming the earth, he answered, and patrolling it. So the Lord God asked him, Did you notice my servant Job? There is no one like him on the earth, a sound and honest man who fears God and shuns evil. Ah, yes, Satan said, but Job is not God-fearing for nothing, is he? Have you not put a wall around him and his house and all his property? And you have blessed everything that he undertakes, and his, and his flocks throng the countryside. But stretch out your hand and lay a finger on his possessions. I warrant you, he will curse you to your face. Very well, said the Lord God of hosts to Satan. All he has is in your power. But keep your hands off his person. Do no harm. Do not kill him. So Satan left the presence of God, and off he went to torment Job. Now, let's take a look here of what, what are we dealing with. The first message here is that one day the sons of God came into the presence of God, and among the sons of God is Satan. So it's almost like a court case in heaven. All the lawyers are arriving, and along comes Satan, the prosecuting attorney. And so the first truth, then, we have to face up to here is that Satan was created by God. He, too, like me, and like you, is God's creation. Now, how he came to become Satan, we look into at a later time. Originally, he was Lucifer, and the word Lucifer means the bearer of the light. Apparently, he was the brightest creature next to God, but apparently fell from grace. And then the next thing we hear about uh, Satan was, God says to him, where have you been? And he says, roaming the earth and patrolling it. Now, there's the second message there. Uh, Peter in the New Testament is going to say to people, your adversary, the devil, like a roaring lion, goes about seeking whom he would devour. And here in the book of Job, he testifies that he roams the earth and patrols it. And then God asked them a very simple question. He said, have you seen my servant Job? Isn't he a wonderful man? And Satan said, of course he's wonderful. You have blessed him in every way. But he said, let me have a go at him and I will curse, he will curse you to your face. Again, a lesson to be learned here. God allows Satan to tempt his creatures. Allow, he has to have permission. To, and God allows that. To, to see will Job remain uh, faithful. Uh, but also, um, God says, do not kill him. Do not put him to death. There was a New Testament image we touched on a couple of weeks ago where 
Jesus was casting out a demon, and the demons begged to go into a herd of 2,000 pigs who immediately charged down the hill and were drowned in the sea. So apparently the devil would kill us, but he is restrained by God. Now, that's one way of uh, understanding who the devil is. He's an accuser. He's the one who says, um, you know, God couldn't possibly love you. Your sins are so great that the blood of Christ is not enough to wash them away. Um, he's the one who invites you to despair, to give up hope, to kill yourself. He's an evil spirit, and he does all this out of spite. I suppose he doesn't want us to inherit what he himself has lost. Now, where did the devil come from? Interesting question. In looking at the Jewish and the Christian scripture, there are three angels mentioned by name in the scripture. The Archangel Michael, the Archangel Gabriel, and the Archangel Raphael. Now, if you take a look at those three names, you might notice something. All of the angels' names end in E-L. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. L is E-L. L is an ancient um, name for God. There is no God but L. There's a city in the Bible uh, called Bethel, and the Hebrew word Beth means house, and you already know that El means God. So Bethel was the house of God. Now, going back to our angels here, uh, for some reason unknown to myself, um, all the angels' names, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, have seven letters each in them, and seven is the perfect or golden number. Now, the name Gabriel means sent by El, or sent by God. And in the book of Luke, you will see that Gabriel, Gabriel was the one who came to Mary, the messenger, the messenger of God, and invites her to be the mother of Messiah, the mother of Christ. And then Raphael means healed by God. And Raphael was the angel who was sent to Tobias to heal him of his blindness. Apparently, Tobias had laid down for his afternoon siesta and the pigeons or the doves in the rafters dropped hot droppings into his eyes and blinded him. And so the angel Raphael comes and heals Tobias. And finally there is Michael. And the name Michael is actually a war cry. Apparently what happened is this angel, uh, Lucifer, the brightest creature next to God, uh, cried out in heaven, I am like God. And then this angel, Michael, uh, shouts out, Mikael, who dares to say he is like El, like the Holy One? We don't know all the details, but I'm bringing you now to the, third, uh, the 12th chapter of the book of Revelations, where we will see how Lucifer uh, became the devil or Satan. 
Now, the word Lucifer means the bearer of the light. So apparently he was the brightest creature next to God. Giving you a simple image, the fella who runs around with the torch before the Olympic Games is like a Lucifer, he's bearing the light. Or the Statue of Liberty would be a Lucifer, uh, bearing the light. Um, and here's then uh, what happened. And now war broke out in heaven when Michael, Michael, with his angels, attacked the dragon. The dragon fought back with his angels, but they were defeated and driven out of heaven. The great dragon, the primeval serpent, known as the devil or Satan, who had deceived all the world, was hurled down to the earth and his angels were hurled down with him. Then I heard a voice shout from heaven, Victory and power and empire forever have been won by our God and all authority for his Christ. Now that the persecutor who accused our brothers day and night before our God has been brought down, they have triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the witness of their martyrdom because even in the face of death they would not cling to life. Let the heavens rejoice and all who live there. But for you, earth and sea, trouble is coming because the devil has gone down to you in a rage, knowing that his days are numbered. Now, the, the Bible doesn't tell us exactly what the fight in heaven was about, but there's a story that comes out of the Russian uh, Catholic Church and it says the following. It says that the angels of God, the, the nine choirs of angels, had no problem worshipping God, that day and night, night and day, they cried out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. He was, he is, he is to come, the Almighty. But then we're told that at a certain time, and we really can't apply time to heaven, but since we're only human, please put up with me, that at a certain time in history that God revealed to his angels that the day was coming when the Word of God, the eternal Son of the eternal Father, the perfect image of the invisible God, was going to take flesh, was going to be uh, become a human, was going to be born of a virgin in the stable at Bethlehem. And that at this moment, Lucifer, the brightest creature next to God, uh, that his face clouded over, that somehow or other he could worship God as God, but worship God as a human, as a child that had to be diapered and fed at the breast, a child that would grow up and be crucified on the cross and uh, be raised from the dead, that this was too much. He said, you know, how could, how could God take on the likeness uh, of a man? And so apparently he cried out, I am like God. And then that would make sense then of this other angel shouting out, Mikael! Who dares to say he is like God? And war broke out. And we're told then that, um, that Lucifer at that moment became Satan, 
or the devil and was cast out from the presence of God. Now, I'm very fascinated myself by the fact that uh, Lucifer became Satan, that he is an accuser. Uh, he's the one who's always condemning us, speaking against us. And his other name is equally interesting, the devil. And that's another Greek word, and it means slanderer. So apparently then, uh, Jesus is the word of God, and this character, Satan, or the devil, is the anti-word, the, uh, the slanderer. Let me give you uh, another example of how he seems to work. This, is, again, is a little story. And all we can do is uh, tell you stories to express invisible reality. There was this banquet in hell. And the reason for the banquet was that the devil was very upset about the renewal of faith and the renewal of love for God and for Jesus. Uh, that was coming at the end of our era. And so he called all the devils back to hell so that they could plan a new strategy for the millennium. So he stood up at the banquet in hell and he said, now, he said, uh, devils, he said, I'd like to hear what you have to say. What's our plan going to be for the next few years? So one very important devil uh, stood up and all full of pride and he said well he said let's go back to earth again and convince them whisper in their minds that there's no such thing as hell or there's no such thing as the devil well the senior devil in hell stared at him and told them sit down you fool he said they'll never believe that he said, he said, they know that they have to be punished. He said, even a dog, he said, uh, when it does something wrong, uh, looks sad and expects to be punished. They'll never, 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 never believe that. Sit down, you stupid fool. Well, my God, there was complete silence at this stage uh, in, in hell for well over a half an hour. So finally, this, this other very important devil, hoping to... to uh, advance himself in the eyes of Satan, the big daddy. Uh, he says, uh, he says, we should go to earth, he says, and convince them, he said, that there is no God and there is no heaven. Well, lo and behold, the stare he got and the cursing out he got was far more intense. You stupid fool. You fool, he said. He said, him, he said, not daring to mention the name of God, him has put hope into the human beings. No matter how bad things are, they hope that things will get better. They hope that uh, the wicked wolf will be shot. They hope that the children will escape from the wicked witch. He said, they, he put in, it, in them a belief that things will eventually be better. They'll never believe that rubbish. Sit down, you, you incredible fool. Well, now, now the silence in hell deepened, and this time it deepened for a full six months before anybody spoke. And finally, I suppose, this very aspiring devil, uh, one wishing to become Satan's right-hand man, took a risk, and he said, I have it, he said, my Lord Satan. He says, let's go back to earth, he says, and tell them that there is a heaven, 
and that there is a hell, but that there's no hurry. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Well, the daddy devil jumped up and down with joy. Aha, he says, we have it. We have it. And that's exactly now their strategy uh, for the millennium that's coming up. You know, put it off. Take your time. Take your time. Take your time. Have you ever heard that voice speaking to you? And speaking about taking your time, on a tombstone was written the words, Remember, stranger, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I. As I am now, so you shall be, so prepare yourself to follow me. Some wit wrote with a chalk down at the bottom, To follow you I'm quite content, but how do I know which way you went? There was a king who was a proper king, and he had a fool who was a proper fool, a jester. One day the king gave a staff to the fool and told him to hold on to it until he met a bigger fool than himself. Years passed, the king was dying. He sent for all his courtiers, servants, attendants, including the fool, to take his leaf. He said he was going on a long journey and would not be coming back. The fool asked, Majesty, before this, whenever you went on a journey to a foreign kingdom, you always sent soldiers and servants ahead of you to prepare the way and to have everything in proper order. May I ask what preparations you have made for this journey which you are going to undertake? Alas, said the king, I have been too long doing other things, and I have made no preparations for my own death. Well, said the fool, take this staff, for at last I have met a bigger fool than myself. The Bible teaches us that on the face of the planet there are the children of God and the children of the devil. Now how can we distinguish one from the other? The first epistle of John, chapter 3, verse 10 says, In this way we distinguish the children of God from the children of the devil. Anyone not living a holy life and not loving his brother is no child of God's. This is the message, as you heard it from the beginning, that we are to love one another, not to be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one, and cut his brother's throat cut his brother's throat simply for this reason, that his own life was evil and his brother lived a good life. I would like to bring you back now to the story of Cain and Abel, and this again is in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, and it's chapter 4, and it's an extraordinary story. Uh, in this particular story, God spends his whole time talking to the bad guy, the evil guy, who is Cain, the one who cooperated with the devil. But God does everything he possibly can to rescue Cain from the grip of Satan. 
Both Cain and his brother Abel offer sacrifices to God. God looks with favor on Abel's sacrifice, but Cain and on uh, but on Cain and his sacrifice, he does not look with favor because Cain's heart is in the wrong place. He's full of resentment and bitterness. So why should God accept it? And this makes him even more angry and downcast. Then God said to Cain, Cain. Why are you angry and downcast, he said. The reason is because sin is at the door of your heart like a raging beast, which you must master. Now you see here that God is saying to us that very often the temptation to anger is actually an evil spirit uh, trying to make us get very angry and bring it to its conclusion of committing the worst of all sins, murder. And that's what Cain does. He commits the sin of murder. Well, thank you for listening to Burning Hearts, a Bible study for atheists, for agnostics, for unbelievers, for people of all faiths, and for people of no faith. My name is Patrick J. O'Doherty. I'm a priest and a recovering sinner. I'm also the pastor of Queen of Peace Catholic Church on State Road 200. That's in Ocala, Florida in the United States of America, in the Western Hemisphere, in the world, in the universe, and in the mind of God. Shalom. Faith Fit Radio and the Dice of Orlando presented Burning Hearts with Father Patrick O'Daughtery. Thank you for listening. Check out the podcast at faithfitradio.org and tune in next time. May you be blessed with peace and joy.